Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Sal Capaccio. Filling up right behind the Bills bench right now with their flags and their hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 hey. Let's go Buffalo Chan. On WGR Sports Radio 550. We are rolling through a New Year's Day edition of Buffalo Football Monday here on WGR. Glad to have you along for the ride uh, with us today. Football Monday, by the way, brought to you by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at northwest.com. Mike Shope has the day off today along with Zach Jones. I am the Bulldog. Happy to welcome Sal Capaccio to the Wester Hotline. Sal, Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. I trust all is well in Capaccio land. Yeah, it's good here. It's good here. It's a buffalo victory monday we're working on new year's eve i mean i'm sorry new year's day we worked on new year's eve so you know but it's it's better to be working and excuse me talking about this and chance for an uh you know afc east division championship than the alternative i guess but happy new year to you and your family and of course all the listeners appreciate that very much so what like the takeaways yesterday, right? I mean, it's another one of these games that we all probably out here thought would look easier and feel easier uh, than it was, and it ended up being somewhat of a struggle, not as much of a mm. nail-biter as last weekend in, in L.A. was uh, with, the, with the Charger game, uh, but still um, kind of fits and starts, especially in the first half for the offense. Like, what, what, were, your, what were your takeaways on the game yesterday? Yeah, I mean, just another game where they allowed a team that they shouldn't have allowed to hang around, and they did. I thought they pretty much after the opening kickoff and they started getting the turnovers, I thought the Bills were in control most of the game, but not to the point where they couldn't let it slip away, and that was what right. was concerning. They almost let it slip away again, and we know what happened last time they played the New England Patriots, and you know they took a lead, and then New England wound up winning, and you had a little bit of that kind of queasy, eerie feeling going on until the Bills kind of sealed the deal at the end there with that run um, and that drive, I should say. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought the offense struggled against a defense that was down, um, undermanned, secondary especially. That said, it's a division matchup. It's Bill Belichick. Yeah. They've done some nice things recently. I think the Patriots have found their footing a little bit. They're still playing good defense. Um, the Bills should have played better, though. They didn't play as well as they, sh- they could have. Uh, they didn't play a clean game offensively. I thought Josh was off. I thought the offense, the passing game especially, just hasn't didn't find a rhythm. Um, but they found a way to win. That's what matters. And, you know, here we are in Week 18. And, they made, and Allen, for all the struggles the passing game had, especially in the first half, uh, there were a couple of big third-down throws 
on that final drive, and then of course he you know sealed it with the run himself. So they did they did get plays that that helped them win the game with offense. But yeah, it was just a little you know just a little uneasy uh, is how I would describe watching the game. I, I agree with your assessment. I, I didn't feel like there was a big threat. But then you look at the scoreboard and go, like, I don't know, one play, you know, <laughs> it's one of those games. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, so, that, that's right. I agree. And, you know, um, there were definitely things and times in that game where, you know, you got a little bit uneasy. Uh, but I kept looking and going, all right, they still need to score twice here. And then they did. Like, well, you know, okay, the Bills, they can put together a drive, things like that. You know, the opening kickoff, you know, that happens. You're like, oh, geez, here we go. Right. You know, right you're giving a right. team life that has nothing to play for, really. You know, that's the scary part about it. Same thing that happened with the Chargers. The longer you let the Chargers hang around, the more they're like, okay, let's go win this thing. They're not looking to go home for Christmas uh, and pack their stuff up. The more you let the Patriots hang around, they're like, let's go win this. They're not looking to get on a plane and go back home and finish out the season against the Jets. So that was the dangerous part about it. But, you know, at the end of the day, the Bills did what they had to do. And, you know, it's not... It's not predictive or indicative of how they need to play next week, right? That I always right. say that to people. You know that. Like every game is different. Every game has its own DNA. Every game, um, you, no matter how you play, one week has really nothing whatsoever <laughs> to do with how you play the next week. I mean, we saw the Miami Dolphins put up seventy on the Broncos, and then come to Buffalo and put up twenty and get completely hammered. And you know this can happen in the NFL. So yes, right. there are issues that they need to work through. But next week's a new week. And it doesn't mean that anything they did this week is going to carry over or they'll play any better or any worse. Yeah, re- really, all it does is make us feel better, even though the inverse right. of what you just said is absolutely true. Like, they, they could have looked great yesterday and thrown for 380 yards. Yep. And Diggs could have gone off, and we'd be all like, oh, bring on Miami. But in the reality would be, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's just that's another right. week. It's, that's how it goes. Well, it's the um, same thing. That, that That's exactly the, the example would be the Cowboys. A few weeks ago, and then the following week you go to L.A., and it looks nothing similar against a lesser opponent, right? right. So that's right. Um, you know, so now all it is is about this week getting as um, you know, getting back on track as much as they can at practice, figuring out you know what went wrong, why it went wrong, making sure those things don't happen, and preparing for a totally different opponent with a totally different approach. Right. You know, I, I wonder what your, what your takeaway would be on Allen. Like, I, I mostly say, like, we get lost in the weeds of the schematics a lot, right? The coordinator and you know, it, it targets for this guy and this play call and that play call. I just felt, simply put, Allen wasn't sharp. He just, did, for whatever right. reason, didn't have it, even though the conditions. I, it, it was so off to start the game that I, I, like, at one point looked out my window like, okay, it's not windy here. Is it windy there? And then right on cue on the broadcast, it's like, wind is not a factor. I'm like, okay, what is going on? Because I didn't see, um, you know, we we can't know about miscommunication and whether guys are, you know, a few, you know, uh, just a foot or two off of the spot or where he expects them to be and that kind of stuff, the precision stuff. Um, And and New England got some pressure, um, but mostly I would just say, the biggest problem the offense had was that Allen wasn't sharp. I agree, but only to a point when it comes to just Allen. Let me explain what I mean is. I don't think okay. I don't think you're wrong at all. I thought Allen himself was more off against the Chargers than he was mm-hmm. against the Patriots. I felt the entire offense was more against the Patriots than they were against the Chargers. And what I mean by that is, to me, Allen missed throws against the Chargers. Like, clean out missed them. He was off the first play of the game to Stephon Diggs. He was off another play to Diggs. Um, later on in the game, he was just off. And there, 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 
There was some times where he was pressured. Looked like he bailed out of the pocket a couple times. I thought he was more off in that game. In this game, I do think he was off, but I think it was more of a result of things going on with the offense, which is I thought there was not much separation from the receivers. There were some drop passes. There was too much pressure. The Patriots did a nice job of disguising some coverages, getting to them. I thought they had free runners coming too often. That said, Josh was still off, and he wasn't the normal, you know, Josh Allen we've come accustomed to. I think there were more situations in this game where I would put it on the offense as a whole, but Josh himself said, and after the game, he said the ball just didn't feel as right coming off his hand, right? And I, you know, forgive the reference, but you understand you play golf enough now where <laughs> yes, sometimes yes. you go out there and you go, yep, yep. it's just the swing just doesn't feel right. Yep. It just doesn't like what's going on. I just played really well the other week. Why does the swing not feel right? It's not just that the balls are going where I don't want them to. It just doesn't feel right. I'm just kind of convoluted or whatever. Um, and he kind of ex- he didn't say that golf analogy, but that's yeah. the way I like to think about it. The way he described it, which is he said it's a weird feeling when you're a quarterback and the ball's just not coming out of your hand quite right. So I think we can all probably relate in our own way with sports. And maybe yeah. it's like Steph Curry who goes, you know, you know, two for thirteen shooting out of three. And he goes, it just didn't, it wasn't feeling right. You could have those days sometimes. I think that combined with the other things that were going on on offense really made for a sluggish and sloppy performance. Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline here on WGR, special New Year's Day edition of the Shope and the Bulldog Show. Sands, Mike Shope, who's got the day off today. Um, so I, on the offense and other things that are going on, are we? Do you think we're on on the cusp? Or already into a week of questions about Diggs? I know, like I'm not listening to McDermott. We may air some of that later on for our audience uh, to hear. But I'm seeing on Twitter that the subject of his health has been brought up, and then the news conference got shut down before another reporter could ask a follow up question about. Like I don't know. Like is there is there is there a whole new chapter of Diggs drama that's firing up here in the final week of the regular season? Um, I, which news, co- the today, news conference today, shut down? The, the, the Zoom, the, the Zoom call with McDermott today. Yeah. I just, I, Tim Graham said that he wanted to ask a follow-up about Diggs' snap count and that the thing got, before he could ask the follow-up, the, the, the. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, okay. So from my perspective, I was on the call. Let me explain something, how I, I heard Tim ask the question. I did not hear Tim ask another one, but. I don't know what happened there. I didn't know if Tim left okay. or if they didn't like I, it did seem weird to me that he didn't like sometimes you can yeah. you think there's a follow up coming and there wasn't. So what, however, Tim described that. That's fine. I, I, I don't know that I, I did not. From my perspective, okay. I didn't think something got shut down. I would tell you that. Okay. Like, I, I think that Tim, he asked Tim, a question yeah. and, tweeted, and then there was no question to follow up. He tweeted that he was not given the opportunity to ask. The okay. Follow-up. Is how he put it. Yeah, and we don't know that from, you know, I know when I, I'll tell you how it works. Like, if I ask a question, usually my mic is open still to ask another question. And I guess what he's saying is his was not. Yeah, Um, or or he, I I think he might have said that they just ended the, the, the Zoom call at that point. Oh, they might have. Yeah, they might have. So, so anyway. either way. So I appreciate anyway, you telling yeah. me that because I didn't know. Okay. I didn't know Tim tweeted that. Well, I did listen to, to the whole call. That, you didn't know. I didn't I didn't mean to blindside you with that either. Um, no, no, that's OK. I'm glad you said it because that, that's interesting perspective from him, the way he felt about that. But I would tell you from my perspective, I listened to the entire Zoom call and I also listened to Joe Brady. They were both asked multiple questions about Stefan Diggs and they both gave the same answers, which is he's fine health wise. There are certain plays and personnel where they tag him out. And he does. He's not out on the field, 
and it's just the flow of the game and game plan, mm-hmm. and there's nothing to kind of go down that road about. So, I yeah, that that was now how much we want to read into that or think that that's you know there's something else going on behind the scenes. I don't know. All I can tell you is what they answered, both the head coach and the offensive coordinator, um, in both those situations. In fact, there was a there was a question to Joe Brader where he was actually like very thoughtful in his response. He was asked about a certain time period and plays, and he said, well, let me go back and think about that. And he said, and I think his follow, his answer was something to the effect of what I just said, which is, well, in that particular situation, you know, he wasn't in that personnel grouping. So I, I didn't feel that they avoided any questions personally, but gotcha. obviously, you know, but obviously, you know, Tim didn't have a chance to ans- ask his follow-up question, obviously, is what he says. Yeah. Well, the, w- whether or not like all of that is, um, like, I don't, I don't want to. I'm, I'm certainly not trying to make something out of out of nothing or invent drama where there doesn't need to be any. But the, I mean, the questions are being asked for obvious mm-hmm. good reasons. Um, the production isn't there, and like we just said, like I, I, I think if this team is going to go on here, like you know, get this game in Miami and go on a run in the playoffs. I feel like their passing game is going to have to be more explosive than it's been. And Diggs is obviously in the middle of that. And I just, you know, it's, it's another, it's another opportunity to wonder like where the big games have gone. The one box that hasn't been checked by Joe Brady yet is Diggs has a get off game. Yeah. And you know, Joe Brady said the same thing today. He said that he's got to find a way to get him going again. And like he put it on himself. And Mm -hmm. I think Joe does that. A lot of the coaches do that a lot. You know, and sure. I do know Sean said about Josh going through his progressions, and that's part of it. But then Tim's question was specifically, well, you can't go through your progressions and not throw him if he's not even on the field, right? <laughs> and that's really what he was asking, too. Like, it's, it's his snap count as well. Um, and again, like I said, it didn't, there was, I, there was nothing that maybe raised eyebrows, but it wasn't, um, it was kind of a general response, too, about, you know, game plan and personnel and things like that. Um, but Joe Brady did say that yeah. it's his responsibility to get him going a little bit more, and he needs to get him going. Sean said yesterday in post game, you can't have your number one wide receiver having this kind of production essentially, um, like we we've had, and then continue to you know hope to have success. Paraphrasing, but that's basically right. what he said uh, after the game yesterday. Right. Well, here, here. I think I don't know a Bills fan listening right now that isn't nodding, going, "Yes, I, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I agree." I mean, it's it is great. It's to their credit. And and to Brady's creativity and the emergence of James Cook and Shakir and Kincaid to some extent as well, that they've managed to win these games that they needed to win to set up this spot. Now it sort of feels like to me, and I know, you know, this can be a trap. I, I would have said the same thing to you probably multiple times in the run-up to the Dallas game. I feel like you're going to play Miami, and I know there's injuries there and concerns there. I feel like you're probably going to need points. And so I feel like Diggs is going to be in the focus again uh, this week. Let me ask you this, because my observation when, when I really, I brought this up to Eric um, and, and his answer, I don't say it alarmed me, but he felt like, I think the way he said it was something's going on there and he doesn't know what. And that, that sort of got my attention. Um, what I what I'm kind of wondering is if your your observations, mine watching on TV, Sal, that there's no there's no outward uh, sign of trouble like we saw last year, right in the playoff game, like demonstrative, uh, you know, gesturing and like Diggs does not at all to me. Again, watching on TV only, look like a frustrated player. You're watching these games in person. I know you're not just watching Stefan Diggs, but 
I think that's accurate, right? We would have heard if there was any kind of blow-up. Like, there was even a, a very close conversation he had with McDermott late that showed up on TV where they were, I don't know if they had their arms around one another, but they were very in tight talking, and it did not look like Diggs was, you know, having any kind of a, a you know, trouble with anything that's happening. I have not personally noticed or seen from my vantage point on the sidelines any sort of issues in that regard. Um, any sort of kind mm-hmm. of problems between Stefan and the quarterback, Stefan and the coach. Um, I watch sometimes, especially when like the throw, the deep throw that he didn't connect with, mm-hmm. which Josh didn't connect with him on yesterday. In those situations, I watch a little more closely. How has he reacted as he goes off? Seems like he's tired. <laughs> That's what it seemed like to me. He's just, I need a breather. He does take himself out of the game a little yeah, more often than I, I anticipate sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you could well, see him waving people out and coming out. And, you know, self-preservation for him, um, you know, at this point in, of the season. And, you know, Stefan's not a guy. He doesn't take big shots. Even when he catches the ball, you notice he gets down a lot. He's mm-hmm. a guy, I think, that wants to, he knows the importance of staying available. And maybe that's right. part of it. I'm not really sure. But, you know, I notice that, and I'm sure people do. He takes himself out of the game sometimes. Sure. I, I haven't seen anything that would, um, you know, warrant any kind of, you know, alarm bells. In fact, interestingly enough, so I, I read an article, and I was looking for, I was just writing an article on Josh Allen today, <coughs> excuse me, and his neck soreness, and we should talk about it if you get a chance, but mm-hmm. um, in, with the injuries, but... I was writing an article about that, and I went to look for a picture of Josh to put it on the article. So the way it works is we have these these images that we can rightfully use from different you know different companies. So I go and I look and I type in Josh Allen Bills, and I happen to see a picture. And I come across a picture of him and Stefan, like kind of next to each other, looking like like kind of leaning on each other, talking to each other. I'm like, oh, like a cool picture, like. Oh, they're like you would think two best friends are talking, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I read the caption, and it said, "Josh Allen, you know, and Stefan Diggs talk in the third quarter." And I'm thinking, like, that's the kind of picture that tells me, oh, they're they're looks like they're discussing what's going on, but they're literally leaning into each other, talking to each other, and it just seems like two guys in any normal quarterback wide receiver situation, maybe, hey, mm-hmm. sorry, I missed you there, should have right. got it. Hey, what do you want me to do? That kind of thing. I just thought it was interesting, that picture. It's the third quarter of the game because we're having this conversation. Yeah. No, for sure. Like that, you know, I am asking you because my, I, I, I think anytime this is all starting to get cranked up again because of his, his usage, his playing time, like, I, you know, I want to, you know, dot I's and cross T's. Like, are you seeing any signs of trouble? Because I'm not, but you have obviously a unique and much deeper perspective uh, on that than I do. And, you know, him taking himself out, like we've all seen that happening in these games. Like, I don't even think that necessarily that's, you know, a, a, the coach's decision. It's just the player taking himself out. That's where the questions about whether he's healthy come from. You know, is he is he nursing something, um, you know, that's not, you know, holding him back from missing any practice time, thus there's no injury designation. But is there something that they've been sort of, you know, he's concerned about, they're concerned about, um, you know, I feel like those are all questions we're, we're probably never going to get answers to. No, I, I, that's right. I mean, maybe. I don't know. We don't really hear from him much in the media that much anymore. And, and that was a, a thing last year at the end of the year when the season ended. 
And then we had the pictures from the Cincinnati game and the video, and that's how all this really started, right? I mean, let's be honest. It was just over a year ago, um, uh, under a year ago, I guess, that all this started. So, um, you know, I, there's always going to be this yeah. until it, – it, because it just kind of goes with the reputation of Stefan, I guess, for whatever reason. And then what happened last year, and maybe it's justified because of that, um, and we haven't heard from him. So anytime you have the lack of production – not necessarily even a lack of targets. I think you're going to have these questions come up, but yeah. I have not seen anything personally that would give me any sort of, okay, like there's an issue going on here. He seems to me, every time I look over at the sidelines, in fact, Bulldog, when he wasn't on the field for the first series of the second half yesterday, so I think that was the one we're talking about. He wasn't mm-hmm. on the field. He wasn't on the field for the first series of the second half. Like I, my job, I'm thinking, is he hurt? Right. We're talking, right. what's going on? So I walk down and I look, he's just sitting at the bench normal and he's, like, talking to the other receivers, like, in between. It was after the series, by the way, not during the series. He was just talking with other people like he normally would. There was nothing that thought I thought, A, there was an issue with him health-wise, or B, with something he's upset about. And then, literally, as the team gets the next possession back, I said in, in the microphone to our producer and to, to Greg Harvey and then also to, to Chris and Eric who were listening to me, I said, hey, I'm going to check on Stefan here and see if I can see him before he goes out there. And we all looked down and we all said, yep, there he is. He's standing up. He's ready to go on the field again. So it didn't seem like there was any issue going on there either. Right. You mentioned Allen came out of the game with this, you know, stinger, did you say? What, what, what's the story on him and, and everybody else from, from the game? It, it seemed to me like they came out pretty healthy, but um, you can That's tell exactly what Sean McDermott said. He said that, you know, um, he, they came out, you know, relatively healthy or fairly healthy, whatever word phrasing he used. He said, really, the the best way I would describe it is like there was nothing of significance. He said, if there was somebody specific you could ask me about, there was nothing that he noted. And usually, if you ask him, he'll tell you if there's something going on with somebody that we need to note, especially if someone doesn't finish the game. Everybody finished the game yesterday except for Josh Allen. Josh was the only one who didn't finish the game, and and because the only other guy that we even had a report on was Dawson Knox. He had was being evaluated for a head injury. Then he went back into the game. Obviously, um, Sean said that Josh has neck soreness. Okay. He said he does not believe it will impact his practice status this week in any way. All right, good. That's good news. And Micah Hyde came through clean. It was good to see him back on the field. Yeah, it was good. And, you know, I he was the on-field interview I did post-game yesterday. You know, I wanted to track down one of the guys who's been around and, you know, with this game coming up and what it means to be back here. And, you know, I grabbed Micah, and he had a great big smile on his face. It was great to see. You know, he was – yeah. He was, um, I, I think, in a really good spot, at least to me, from my eyes and ears after the game, talking with him and you know what he felt about the game. And it was nice to see him come out of the game clean and not have any injuries or worrisome you know, with what he's been going through. But at the same time, you know, I think that he was also really just proud and happy of where this team is after where they were. Yeah. Real quick, I know we're, we're getting late here. Um, how big of a deal do you think it was for them to sit Von Miller down? I think it's a big deal that becomes a bigger deal down the road. Um, right now, I don't think you can get into the weeds of it and just have to do what you have to do to win games, and then you deal with why it is, what it means, what it means going forward later. That's not the time right now. They're not cutting Von Miller. You know, I mean, they're not going to do that. Um, he's going to be a player on the team, and he's going to be, assuming there's no legal issue or health issue, he's just going to be inactive if they choose that. Now, a different opponent next week, a team that, yes, they can run the ball, but they're going to want to throw the ball, and maybe you see him active next week. Maybe they feel that that's more of the game plan matchup. I do believe it's a significant deal, 
But I think at this point, it's, hey, you, you get through and you do what you do, and then, then you deal with it later, and we have those questions, and what was going on, what is going on, what does it mean for the future? Excellent job, Sal. Thank you for all of this, and we'll talk again as the week goes on, man. You got it. That's our Sal Capaccio on the Wester Hotline. His appearances are always brought to you by New York's only outlet liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? Yeah, how about Miller being benched? We could talk about that. Uh, Diggs, I, I'm, I don't want to use the D word, uh, but the, anything you say, the Diggs situation, Diggs drama, Diggs is playing time, Diggs is production. That's creating the conversation around Diggs. We can talk more about that as we move into the back half of the show, if you're so inclined. Lines are going to be open for you at 803-0550, so feel free to hop on in and join me. Mike Shope is off today, along with Zach Jones. I am the Bulldog, and you're listening to WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 